This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. This is Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly roundup of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. And this is episode 141. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host. Later on in the podcast, editorial assistant Ellie chats to Sugan Gopal about his cult restaurant Roti King and how he took inspiration from his Malaysian roots to set up his new place, Gopal's Corner. But first up, digital editor Alex heads to restaurant and bakery Jolene to chat about how the team uses British and French grains to create unique bakes. Plus, we get a tour of their bakery and tiny mill. Hello, it's Alex, and I'm here with David Gingell in his new restaurant and bakery, Jolene, on Newington Green, that he runs with his business partner, Jeremy Cometto-Lingenheim. And these guys have Primer and Weston's Laundry already, which are two of our favourite neighbourhood restaurants. And they recently collaborated with Andy Cato to gather the best British and French grains to give their bread, pasta and pastries unique textures. So Andy's actually a knight, isn't he? <laughs> he, he? He is a knight. But because of grains? <laughs> I hope so. Um, he doesn't have a sword, though, unfortunately, which I was pretty upset about That's when we went to visit him. Yeah, it was, it was something I was really looking forward to, meeting a knight with a sword and a shield and stuff. Anyway. So the reason why you collaborated with Andy is because he does a lot of um, farming in France, and that's why he's got his knighthood, isn't it? Yeah. And um, you wanted to focus on grains so that's what we're going to talk about at your bakery and um so I'm literally surrounded by uh, an open kitchen and everybody's baking bread we're here first thing in the well not first thing in the morning for you guys Nine at 30, all. isn't it come on <laughs> it's probably like the end of their shift right yeah now. they're getting close <laughs> yeah and we've got lots of lovely pastries and uh, loaves of bread surrounding us so it's quite a nice setting um so 
can we have a chat about some of these breads um, that we've yeah. got here? Because they're all really rustic and um, they've got these lovely textures. And how do you create these textures and with these unique grains that you use? Well, uh, essentially, much of the work is, is down to the, the farming methods and the grains themselves. So the, the process of, of the bread, the process of the bread making is, you know, a relatively simple one. It's flour, water and salt and natural avan. Um, we Andy developed a, a recipe with help of a fairly expert baker in France. And we've used that. We've had to adjust it slightly um, because of using half UK grains and half French grains, all the same variety. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we, we need to play with the water a little bit. But it, essentially, it's fairly close to what they have, but it's different enough to be a different thing, which is lovely. And how do you... How does the mixture of French and British grains help? I mean, actually, I, I think I think it's really good because they're essentially they're the same grains. So there's about 50 different varieties that go into this uh, mix. Wow! And um, but you can't name them all. No, I definitely can't. <laughs> and they're they're, they're, they're old French, uh, like Badger's Whisker and all sorts like that. Duck's Beak. Who knows? Great. Um, but essentially, we we started off using just Andy's grains, which was great. But we wanted to, you know, we we really wanted to grow them over here. So we we teamed up with a farm in Goodwood who okay. who have got organic status, bloody blah blah blah. Um, and then they're they're growing our grains in the same way. But we had a slightly different result in that it created a slightly um, whiter flower. Okay. So we decided to mix half-half with, with Andy's French-grown grains and the UK Goodwood ones. And actually, we're really, really pleased with the result. It just gives us a really tasty bread, and, and that's sort of what we're after. And you what, know. Um, what are the different types of bread you've got there up so, here? So we do, we do two main types. Um, we do a Naroc uh, dough, which is, which is the one he sort of started working on three, four years ago. Um, out of that, we make a baguette as well, out of the same dough. And then we also do one that we fold some raisins into. Uh, and that's really lovely with cheese and stuff in the mm. evening. It's just just good stuff. And what's unique about your, like, Narok sourdough compared to your, um, your bog standard? I reckon if you were to go back three... 200 years there'd be nothing unique about it at all oh, it's it's it's, okay, it's so just going back to yeah i mean well grains <laughs> we've got fairly specialist ovens and, and a specialist mixer but essentially the thing is 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 it, it's about the milling of the grains to make our flour everyone sort of expects you know freshly ground coffee nowadays and, and, and instant isn't kind of the same thing um so we've kind of taken that lesson with the bread and we we mill our we mill our grains as close to making the flour as possible so we kind of mill the grains eight out uh, sorry as close to making the bread as possible we mill our grains sort of eight hours before we we mix our doughs and then the doughs are then fermented for 18 hours and then we bake them the next morning yeah so i've just been in the um little cupboard you've been you in the cupboard in the we call we call it the mill room <laughs> the mill room actually some people call it other things but uh, <laughs> but it, yeah for, for, for the sake of this we'll call it the mill room yeah um can we go back yes, in we and can. just Absolutely. show us um how you because it's very interesting so we have to actually walk through the bakery which we is very do. exciting we've got some leads here so, and they're uh, gonna love the microphones <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> so um, this is uh, Alex, the head baker. 
Hello, Alex. An absolute hero. And Kiana, who can do everything with pastries. Uh, this is a gatto basque. I'm just cutting up me. Yeah, me just... Oh. No, nothing to see here. Bakery, guys. Later, yeah. <laughs> Gatto Basque. Gatto mm. Basque, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, very rustic. Uh, it's um, don't eat it if you're on a diet because it's just baked custards and it's surrounded in like an almost biscuit base. Yeah, but it's very nice. We make everything with our pastries, with our um, stone ground flour here from Andy's Farm. So everything's extra tasty. Yeah, we're going to go and see how that's um, ground Let's do it. Now. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Caught you off guard there. Yeah, it's good, right? Right, right so... We'll have to speak very loudly. This is the mill room. Um, and you can hear from the, the ticking that it's milling away. Um, so essentially, there's... I'll try and explain it. There's a big hopper, which is like a big, big funnel. And we pop all our grains in there. And it, it comes down and it's, it's, it hits a granite um, mill. <laughs> yeah. And then it, it pops in. There's like a big box with a, with a sieve inside. And it, it essentially just rattles through there and sieves out the size of flour we need. Um, and from the other, other end, out of a tube comes uh, the, the bran. So, so it looks a bit like sawdust. Looks a bit like sawdust. So it's essentially the husk. Yeah. Um, for, for making, uh, in inverted commas, white flour, mm -hmm. we, um, we take this out. But if you want to make home meal, you just take the whole sieve out and then you grind all the bran in with it. Um, the leftover bran we have, which as you can see... Quite a lot, uh, yeah. It's quite a lot. We, um, we send that up to one of our veg suppliers up in Cambridge who's got a biodynamic farm. Uh, it's really lovely, actually. Uh, it's called Flourish. And she, um, she feeds some of it to her horses. She uses it as like a, a, a natural fertilizer I guess yeah. that's probably the wrong word but Annette she digs it into her soil um, and then we buy some vegetables back from her so it's great it's about creating you know little to no waste really yeah and also you um let's let's leave this let's now. leave um, <laughs> as you were saying that you buy vegetables back and you have little to no waste I know yeah. you um as well as being a bakery you are a restaurant fully functioning and you have amazing pasta, I've heard. Yeah. So I do mean, you use the same flour for your pasta? The um yeah, we do. We we, we essentially we use the, the the same the same grains ground in the same way. Uh, we use a slightly finer sieve for this. Um, it's the T80, and, and it's really simple. It, it's just a hundred grams of, of flour and one egg, nothing else, and, and it gives us really good results. And what's your favorite pasta you make? What that you made so far? Oh, I don't know. Um, it's like choosing between children. It's like choosing between children. It is. I really, what do I like? Uh, the boys last, a few weeks ago, were doing a ricotta and egg yolk ravioli, which oh. is like a pasta sheet with a dollop of seasoned ricotta, a raw egg yolk, and then a pasta sheet on top. And then you sort of cook that really gently. Wow. And you get like an oozy egg yolk inside a mm. pasta. That's really, really... I actually am a very strange... I don't like eggs, but I'm sure that's delicious <laughs> for somebody who does. Yeah. Anyway, onwards. Um, so and now we're back in the little pastry um, yeah. display 
uh, area. And I had, on Saturday, I came on Saturday, and I had one of the best pan chocolats I've ever had well, in England. I used to live in France, and it's really hard to find a proper buttery, delicious, flaky pan chocolat. So, But it was a little bit different. Like, yeah. The texture was a little bit rough yeah um, in a good way yeah can you what how is that well essentially it, it's it's down to the the flour we use which which is you know down to the grains we use um you know with with these sort of uh super strong french flours you're going to get a really open crumb open fairly soft crumb this you know it's it, it's a bit more of a real thing mm-hmm. like there's, there's there's a lot of substance to it so so we use stone ground for all of our pastries as well which is why they're not um pretty i'd say they're pretty i think they're pretty, pretty in their own way they're like pretty, rustic looking. Yeah, yeah rustic pretty i i think i think they they look like a real thing that's been made by a human which is yeah. really important to us you yeah. know um yeah, and also you've got a lovely blood orange Danish there, yeah, which is it, very pretty. Yeah, uh, if the, we're talking about yeah, aesthetics. yeah, blood orange <laughs> with 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 full of custard, like custard. But you don't like eggs, so you can't no, have. Cu- yeah, I like I like, I like custard. Oh, you like custard? It's just in the whole oh, form. I see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, bit of fair a weird enough. One. That's all right. And then you've got a poppy seed topped panna chocolate. Is that or is that no? That, that's that's um that's uh poppy seed. Uh, oh. Ham and cheese. Oh, a savory one. Croissant, like a little savory one. Amazing. It's it's delicious. And then, um, because when we were in the the milling cupboard, yeah, the yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we you showed me some of the grains and uh-huh. um, noticed that some of them are whiter and a bit plumper. Ye- so they the or they're the British ones. That's aren't right. They? So so. Really, they're they're exactly the same grains, but just grown under different and under a different situation. So, because we get a bit more rain, Mm -hmm. a bit more rain, a lot more rain here in the UK, Um, even with the summer we just had, which is when they were when they were harvested, um, they they are still a little bit plumper. So they've got a little bit less bit less bran, um, which gives them slightly different properties. So you you get a little bit more white flour. Okay. Um, white flour, you get you get a little bit more flour, but but not as much um, of the the sort of bran, which okay. is actually where a lot of the flavour comes from. That's why we mix them half half. Right. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Well, thanks a lot. Um, no problem. I've definitely learned a lot about um, milling. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thanks. And if anyone wants to come and try any of these pastries, breads, or pasta, um, you guys are on Newington Green. Newington Green. You? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thanks a lot for chatting to me. My pleasure. Thanks for coming in. Hello, and I am here on the Victoria Market Hall's rooftop in on this lovely sunny February day. I'm here with Sugan Gopal of Roti King. Um, for those that don't know what Roti King is, I'm not sure how, but um, it's a basement restaurant near Euston, specialising in Malaysian dishes from roti kanai to nasi goreng. And you kind of have to get there at midday when it opens because the queues, queues are long. Um, so yeah, so you've just opened your sister branch in yes. Victoria's Market Hall, and it's a buzzing indoor street food market. You've got the likes of Koya Co, Bun Shop, Flank. Downstairs at the moment, it's packed with uh, people enjoying lunches. Um, so how did Roti King first start? Uh, Roti King started in 2003. Uh, we started in the food court at Collindale 
Okay. But back the days we call us as uh, roti stall. Okay. Uh, so, and um, we try to make some authentic food, and then I I thought why not roti chanai because I don't really see someone make fresh roti chanai in London. Yeah. So we got the idea to making roti chanai and give make it affordable in London. And so, can I check it? Pronounced roti chennai. Roti chennai. Roti chennai. Okay. Um. So how how did you take your first stall going? Then how did you set up a restaurant from there? Was it just the success of the first stall? Oh, um. That back then it, it was a food court. Right. So first I was working for the landlord. Okay. And uh, say I wanna I wanna leave the job, and then he said, Why not you take over the place? Wow. <laughs> so then I took over the place from him. Started very small. And then we were making a living. It's okay. Yeah. That was a good response. But uh, there's no enough marketing or, uh, you know, nobody knows really about what is Yeah, because it's downstairs, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, but that's still, we got repeating customers. And uh, 2008, we lost the location because of the refurbishments. Right. And they want to sell the location. And so we have to out. And uh, from 2008, we did some markets, events, but um, financially wasn't great. Yeah. In in uh, 2012. Yeah. I, I was setting up a stall in in uh, East London, in a market. So back days I was when I was making roti, I was I I used to have a regular customer. Yeah. His name is Judah. Okay. As uh, a Jamaican guy, and he comes to me and said, "Oh, you make roti." You must call yourself Roti King, not Sugin. <laughs> so I was like, wow, Roti King. Sounds good. It's a good, yeah. <laughs> yes, very catchy. I said, okay, I will keep this name. And then um, in 2012, we tried to do Olympic. So we got a stall somewhere in Kenning Town. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't great. It was a big failure because huh? there's not enough people. And so I keep the name and then I did the events. And then I started in uh, Chinatown, Charing Crossroad. Yeah. So it is a big, a proper restaurant, but uh, we get a small space there to rent and then just selling roti chanai and then they sell drinks and other food. And then we build our customers from there through social media. We keep them. Yeah. So we don't want to lose them anymore. So we keep it from there. And 2014, I get offered this place, uh, Chinese Houston. Yeah. I offered my, my friend. He said, why not take over this place? I can't really run this place. So then I, I changed it to Roti King. From there, Roti King started. And then uh, Guardian came in, Public said, and that's how yeah. we get so famous. And, and that's how you have the thanks cues. Thanks for Guardian for that. <laughs> that's a little call out to them. Um, so after the, so you had that success yes. of Roti King. So what was the inspiration behind setting up um, your, store, your stand in the market halls is it because you're offering a similar thing aren't you yes uh, in market hall we uh, we tried to put uh, the name called under Gopal's Corner back days in 70s my parents thought uh, Gopal's Corner in back home Hippo okay. Malaysia in a little small town under the tree a little stall yeah so they were selling they were they were very famous for banana leaf. Yes, which is a dish you offer, isn't yes. it? Yeah. And uh, and uh, we are the one first to serve curry fish in our uh, in our town. 
And uh, so I was thinking so to bring the legacy back to London and try to uh, promote banana leaf. Yeah, so it's kind of steeped under, in your family the history. Same name, yes, um, and use the mom's recipe. Yes, so I was going to talk about the recipe. So obviously, I'm sure they're probably guarded and they're secrets. But um, can you talk us through a bit about Roti Chennai and how that's made? Because here at Market Halls, you can watch them being made as a glass window. And it's amazing just standing and watching because the speed that they do it at is mm -hmm. phenomenal. How do I make Roti Chennai? <laughs> it's a tricky question. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the, the, the flour is made of plain flour. A simple, simple recipe. Plain flour, butter, salt, sugar, milk, and it's uh, basically is the skill. Right. Is the skill to make more tastier, and there's a techniques. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of practice that goes. Practice and techniques, how? and it's a passion towards right. the roti. So how is it? How do you shape it? Into like how does it form? Because it's almost like a spiral shape, isn't it? Of yeah, the coils. Yes. Of well, it's a it's a proper about eighty to ninety gram of a dough. Right. We split very thin, make it really thin, and then fold it back again, mm. and then just press slowly, become a round shape, and then become a proper roti. And then it's fried. It's it, uh, yeah. It's not really fried. It's, yeah. a, it's a weird, yeah. <laughs> weird cooking process because it results in a really like rich, flaky dough, yes, yes, which does, yeah. is um, which is great. So here you can either have it plain or you can have it um, with a choice of sides. So I've had the beef rendang. Beef rendang. Um, are they like you said, are they family recipes? Yes. Yeah. So are they recipes that you grew up with. Yes. I, um, the dal. Uh, the mutton curry. Yes. Chicken curry and the fish curry. Have yes. you tried the fish curry? I haven't tried the fish curry. No, only the beef rendang so far. Each and uh, each and every curry got different taste. Yeah. Uh, you can see. Oh, this is fish. Yeah. And this is chicken. This is lamb. Within even you close your eyes, you can taste and say, Ah, oh, recognize. This, yeah. Which is your favorite? Do you have a favorite? <laughs> I put all my favorites in the menu. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the dream of being the owner, isn't it, really? Yes, you can yes. you can personalize that menu. Um, so, and I love food. Yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> um, so we've spoken about the banana leaf. Um, can you talk us through a bit through that? Because people might just be thinking, what? Uh, uh, banana leaf is a traditional of a South Indian food. Mm. Uh, well, in, a, in, a, in South Indian, in India, normally they eat for festive food. Uh, New Year's, you know, normally for festival they use that, but um, it's only basically they use for vegetarians. Right. So, what well, we change it a bit with the meat. Uh, it's like a proper big uh, uh, meat feast. Yeah. We got meat, <laughs> vegetables, rice. Wow. And sweet to sour to spicy. So you've got all the flavor combinations yes. going on on one plate. Yes. Lovely. And, uh, Ours is a little bit different because we got touch of uh, influence of uh, Malaysia. Okay. That's why we are a little bit different than other South Indian uh, banana leaf or anything. So what what's the Malaysian element? Uh, Malaysian is some, you see, uh, Malaysian food is a fusion food um, where you get Malay taste on it, Indian, Chinese, it's all, it's all, all in, one. in one. So we add all that and become a Malaysian cuisine. Yeah. Malaysian nice. Tamil cuisine. Okay, that's the official. Yes. For sure, way for it. Um, and finally, uh, at the moment, I am drinking. What What am I drinking again? Ice, can... uh, 
iced tea. It's a te tare ice. A te tare ice. Um, so can you talk us through what te tare is? Because it looks a bit like chai, and that is probably not what it is. So, <laughs> so it's, it's basically made of a condensed milk. Right. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's all day breakfast. I would say they for tea time they drink this uh, breakfast. Because in Malaysia they always love tea. Yeah. Uh, whenever they sit at the mama, mama is a you know any corner shops or Indian shops, so they call mama. Yeah. So when they say they say, oh, I want a tea, I want a te tare. Okay. Uh, shall we go out for tea? And that's all they mean. Yes. Amazing. Oh well, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm going to carry on drinking my te tare now. <laughs> hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you very much. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our new March issue on the newsstand now or go and download the app version. Bye for now and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat. Thank you.